Welcome to Reclaiming Rest Radio, a ministry by which I coin myself as an unworthy, ordinary saint sinner that's on mission to encourage his brothers and sisters to rest in the worthy Christ and the extraordinary gospel. I'm Justin Joseph, your host, and I thank you for joining me. Today, I'm going to share about something that I experienced not long after I started my career. And this would have been during my infant years in fundamentalism, so to speak. I mentioned in my kickoff episode that the cycle of a terrible, sinful habit that I had was broken. But after that, I unfortunately developed delusions of grandeur and invincibility, that I was some kind of rising star in Christianity and becoming spiritually elite, and that I was untouchable regarding the trials of life. Not long after the time associated with what I shared on the previous episode, I moved into an apartment uh, as its only occupant uh, in the hopes of beginning a new life and possibly having a home to provide a future spouse. Uh, As a brief side note, I think being alone like that can be very detrimental and isn't something to consider lightly. I'm just throwing that out there. Now, I don't remember if it was a Sunday or a weekday, just not including Friday, but one night... I had a dream which terrified me and added to my already great struggle with assurance. The dream contained voices, voices that accused me of many things. Most of those things were bad and true. The worst was at the end when I'll never forget being accused that I wasn't really a believer. The insistence behind what I heard was paralyzing. And it might not surprise that I woke up in a sweat and was still hearing the accusations in my head. It might have been a continuation of the terror, or simply me turning things over in my head, as I have a tendency to do. You know, it's hard just to think about, and I'm sometimes emotional as a result. I wouldn't wish that experience on my worst enemy. I even ended up 
taking a, a sick day from work uh, because of it. For a long time, you could say that I was shaken uh, to the core. Um, it affected times at church, and especially those out with my wife, um, whom I was dating at the time. Uh, I endured many panic attacks and often broke down in tears because of the experience. And both of those still happen to this day. And despite what I really think were earnest and sincere attempts and efforts to do so, sadly, no one was able to comfort me. And all this led to a temporary halt uh, in that dating relationship, uh, which was sad. Yeah, that last accusation uh, that I mentioned convinced me that I was going to hell. Uh, I no longer felt that I was a Christian. And I didn't know what to do to change that. It was utterly terrifying, and it still affects me to this day. After a period of time, I started to sort of calm down, but only because I spent a ton of energy uh, trying to just not think about the experience. It was more or less a mental sweeping under the rug of the problem. And that didn't eliminate the problem, but it kind of helped uh, to, to keep it in the background. But even doing that, I still struggled greatly with assurance, uh, anxiety, and despair. And I do now as well. So, listener, viewer, don't be fooled when people insist that they're okay. Uh, what I also now aim to do, uh, which I hadn't then, is look to Christ and remember the gospel. So if you relate to any of this, I want to trust that it is encouraging that the objective truth of who Christ is for us and what he has done for us always overrules anything that we think is the truth about ourselves from a subjective standpoint. You know, I mentioned matters along those lines in the previous episode as well. And another way of saying that is the gospel always has the final say over our subjective experiences. Our salvation doesn't depend 
on how we feel or don't feel at any given moment. And in fact, it doesn't depend at all on anything about us. And it also doesn't depend on anyone but Christ. And that's why nothing and no one can separate us from God's love or his salvation for us in Jesus Christ. Uh, But don't take my word for it. Uh, I think it's always wonderful to be reminded of what Paul wrote about this very thing in Romans chapter 8. What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised, who was at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword? As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, sure, brothers and sisters, sure, that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen, right? Now, I understand that simply declaring truth such as that doesn't necessarily uh, flip the switch you know, in our brains. But again, I think it's comforting that the truth is the truth regardless of our reaction to it in cases like this. Christ is the sure and steady anchor of our salvation. We are saved by his person and work. Now, that doesn't change the fact that how we think or feel after a terrifying experience can be excruciatingly painful, um, even to the point of seriously wanting life to end. Uh, But our thoughts and feelings also 
do not change the good news of our salvation. Our hope cannot be found in how we think or feel, period. You know, as a matter of fact, as my shirt says here, if you're on video uh, by chance, uh, if, I, if I'm on my tippy toes here, in Christ alone, our hope is found. How fitting. Brothers and sisters, let us never be shy to rehearse these things to ourselves. Now, why do I say that? Well, before we're glorified, we might never stop experiencing doubt, fear, anxiety, worry, dread, despair, you, you name it. But none of those things change the gospel and what Christ has done. And I really, really do hope all this truth sinks in, comforts us, and helps us to spend more time and energy loving others. I have some suggestions if you happen to have witnessed or are witnessing a believer at all in a position like this. And I'll start with number one, please, please be patient with them and be in it for the long haul. Uh, number two, Please weep with them. And it doesn't have to involve literal tears. Three, as best you can, be there. Be available. Number four, resist the temptation to talk them out of it. But by all means, you know, address concerns or ask, uh, answer questions if they're brought up or asked. Number five, above all else, don't try to fix them. The last thing we want to be is like Job's friends, you know, the ones that were miserable comforters. And it's also possible that someone like that needs to seek medical attention or professional counseling, you know, or anything that might be applicable as well. Uh, don't be afraid to encourage either or both, uh, whatever. Uh, I'm thankful uh, for the gospel, and I'm also thankful for modern medicine, and psychology. Again, whatever else might apply. So, to the doubting, fearful, anxious, despairing, as someone who has experienced 
doubt, and fear, anxiety, and despair, and still does, please know that I ache for you, and my heart truly goes out to you. I hope something you've heard here is helpful. Brothers, sisters, let us be kind to ourselves. Let us look to Christ, our hope. Let us rest in his sufficiency. Christ loves and is for us. And nothing, not even a terrifying dream, can separate us from his love. Grace and peace.